I want to welcome all those that are joining us online from around the world, down the street. We're glad that you're here today. Come on, give them a nice welcome. We have been in this series called Walking in Water, and we have been looking at some of the spiritual encounters that Jesus had with the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. You'll remember the Sea of Galilee is like 13 miles long, 8 miles wide. It's the freshest, fresh water in Israel. And the disciples are learning that when Jesus shows up, supernatural things can happen when you do what he tells you to do. And Jesus is preparing the disciples for a new Jesus movement that will affect the entire world and change everything. And so, this morning, we are in John chapter 21, and it's always great to break open the Bible, go to your uh, smartphone, and let's, uh, let's look at what God says. How many know every word in the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit? And we're on John chapter 21, beginning with verse... One. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way, Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel, from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out, got into the boat, but the night, that night they caught, say the word, nothing, nothing. nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. So Simon says, hey guys, let's go fishing. The other six said, I'm in. And they get in their boat. And remember, this was the industry of that time, not entertainment, not SeaWorld, Disney, Universal, it was fishing. What they would do is normally they would fish at night. They had torches in their boat and somehow the fish were drawn to the light and they caught fish. The next morning they would take them to the market. Now, what we read almost sounds like the scenario in Luke chapter 5. However, that happened at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. 
Jesus now has been resurrected and he's appearing in his resurrected body. And then he had told the disciples, I want you guys not only to fish, I want you to fish for people who are hurting and people who are perishing. Now, as then, they can't catch any fish. It's like saying you're a speaker, but you can't speak effectively. Or you're a carpenter, and you're not good with a saw. And the disciples are finding themselves again a failure. They don't see the bigger picture that on the beach, Jesus is watching them. And in fact, in verse number five, in the Passion Bible, it says, he called out to them, saying, hey guys! They're out 100 yards, so you kind of have to speak loud, Lee. Hey guys! Now he knows the answer already. He's God. Hey guys! What's up? Catch any fish all night? <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> Nothing. Tired. Worn out. Failure. In the boat. Nothing. No one knows. They think it's another guy on the beach. Because sometimes Jesus can be around and you're not aware of it. In verse 6, I'd like us to read together out loud. Something about reading the scriptures out loud that runs the enemy out. Verse 6, read it louder than you can think. He said, throw Now, most of the time, we think that when Jesus tells us to do something, it's going to be like something really profound, like jump out of a plane and I'll watch over you, or uh, you know, uh, go go do something this amazing thing. Like I can't, Jesus, I couldn't even I couldn't even conceive of the, the thing you're saying. This, this is incredible. And Jesus says nothing profound, and in fact, he tells them what they already had been doing. They had been fishing all night. You have to know, they had put the net on the left, on the right, probably on the front, on the back. They maybe threw up the net. They, they had thrown up, I mean, they had thrown up the net. They had done everything they could do, and Jesus profoundly, or this guy on the beach says, 
guys, put your net out on the right side. And there he teaches us that if you'll do the natural, I'll do the supernatural. But not do something randomly. Be responsive to what I say. And when we pick up, even if it appears to be routine, and it's not some kind of a revelation like someone appearing in the sky, it was just what they were doing. And Jesus just says, now, take the nets, Take the net, take the net, take the net. There'll be no nets in heaven. Take the net and throw it on the right side. Simple deal. And all of a sudden, after Jesus told them what to do, and by the way, maybe during this meeting, God will tell you what to do, and maybe you're only one thing away from a miracle if you do that one thing. And it may be something that you've been doing and you have just quit it and God is saying, you do it. And you do it in faith and you take your stand in faith and we have to expect that when we obey God, it may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, but we know without any doubt that when we do what he says, a miracle is on its way. It is on its way. And look what happens. Not one of these men, except, I like how the guy calls himself the one Jesus loved. Wonder what his name is. Johnny. John. John! John is out in the boat, and the fish are there, and the other guys are saying, man, we're doing pretty good. We're fishing now, aren't we? I don't know who the guy on the beach was, but man, we finally are successful. John says, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. John says, verse seven, then the disciple whom Jesus loved, thank you very much, said to Peter, it's the Lord. Say it with me. It's the Lord. it's the Lord. That's the message of the talk today. It's the Lord. Say it louder. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Because sometimes he is at work and you don't know it's the Lord. And you think it's your hard work, but it's the Lord. And there are things that are around us that are happening right now. It's the Lord. This massive crowd coming together and hundreds that are watching online. It is the Lord. And it is the Lord that is doing the supernatural things that we have not done. And that we have to be like John 
the one guy who Jesus loved. And we have to, back to that verse, it's the Lord. And when Peter heard him say that, he didn't know it, he quickly wrapped his outer garment around him, and because he was athletic, passion translation, thank you very much, he drove right into the lake, and he goes, remember, 100 yards out, he makes his way in, and he's on the beach. And he realizes, it's the Lord. I've just seen a miracle. It's the Lord that has done this. It's the Lord. And I don't know what happened to me, but as I was waiting on the Lord this week, I realized I don't perceive enough times when he's doing something that I say, it's the Lord. Sometimes we're not aware that he's around working and doing things. And all of a sudden, my eyes are open and I'm thinking about my life. I'm thinking about we drive on this, this property and this property, this land was given to us. It's the Lord. Say it with me. It's the Lord. Then I thought, my goodness, I lost my wife. I got two teenage daughters. I'm not a really great cook and a lot of other things. I'm a single father. And I realized supernaturally, God sends a girl. Her name is Judith. And she comes. And I looked at her this morning. She drives on, on Sundays. And I'm thinking, it's the Lord. It's not what I did. It's not what I tried to do. Or I didn't go to harmony.com.com. Com. I didn't. And God's in that too. Bless Harmony. But God supernaturally brought her to me. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Lost our first baby at seven months. Doctor said, you never have kids. Don't try that again. And we decided, no, we're going to have children. I look at my children. I look at Jackie here. And Vangie is speaking up in North Carolina today at the church, and I think it's the Lord. I shouldn't have children. It was supernatural. It was God. And when you begin to see what he is doing around you, what it does is you begin to have faith that begins to increase inside of your heart. You begin to see him, not someone who is in heaven. You begin to see him in the real right now. And you look around. And right now, look around in your life and begin to say, it's the Lord. Because whatever you're looking for, you're going to see. And if you think, well, God has abandoned me and I don't have anything. All that you're seeing is what you don't have. And sometimes God allows you to have lack so he can show up and do a miracle in your life. They had to act on what Jesus said. Faith sees the invisible. 
Faith hears the inaudible. Faith touches, touches the invisible. Faith touches the intangible and accomplishes the impossible. If I can see it, it's not faith. I don't have to have any, I don't have to have any faith for this land. But there was a day, Pastor Dave, dawn. We didn't have anything. We didn't have any buildings. We didn't have any campus. And we were like the children of Israel in the wilderness. We're going to rental, rental, rental. And we had to believe and we had to say it. And we had to confess it and we had to believe it. And if we just looked at what we had, then we still would be there. But what you see here are hundreds and thousands of people over the years that have stood in faith and they have seen what they do not see. And this morning, I see what I do not see because I see a church of 50,000 people. I see a revival that shakes the nation. You have to put your eyes on what is unseen. Somehow these guys decided to have faith and throw out the net. What is, he, what is he asking you to do? What is he saying? It may not be profound. It may be he's just telling you, hey, I want you to make a meal for this person over here that's sick. I want you to Tell that person over there about Jesus. I want you to step out. And I want you to go where you've never gone before. Walk on water. Because when you're in faith, miraculously you're walking on water. You're walking supernaturally on things you should not be able to walk on. Faith will move a mountain. Faith will shake a nation. Faith will change your perspective. Rather than my son's not serving God and my son's not serving God, God save him. Stop asking and begin to say he's saved in the name of Jesus. Stop asking. There's a point where you stop asking and he may get worse and she may get worse and your husband hasn't opened a Bible since Noah was on the earth. And you begin to say, well, he's not a spiritual man and my husband isn't a, stop saying what he is. Call it out and speak to him and say, you're a godly man in Jesus' name. Praise God. There's someone watching right now. You are depressed. You are hopeless. And you have your focus on the wrong place thing and your perspective has to change and today you're watching this program and right now in the name of Jesus and right here there are people that are in depression you are depressed you came to church depressed and you're gonna leave depressed unless you change something and say listen I'm leaving here in faith Faith sees the invisible. Faith sees the invisible. I see in every neighborhood in this city a small group of people that are lights into the darkness. 
I see every person in this congregation actively serving Christ, actively in the ministry, actively doing something. Huh. Verse nine, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said, hey guys, bring some of your fish. Jesus, verse 12, come have breakfast. Now they're hanging out now in a small group. I'm sure if we were there, it felt pretty good. Jesus, good small group leader. And there was this camaraderie. We, we, we use the word fellowship, koinonia. They're hanging out. No one says out loud, this is Jesus. No one asks any questions. Often, that's the way it is. You're in a situation, nobody says anything, but everybody knows what it is. And they're in awe. Jesus is there. Now, they all see Jesus did a miracle. And they're hanging out. They're having a good time. And remember, it says here in verse 14, this is the third time that Jesus had been appearing. He's in his resurrected body and he's just like coming through walls and just like shows up. Pretty cool. So now, he's in this resurrected body. And remember the overarching point here is Jesus wants to take this group of men and let them be a part of a new Jesus movement that will literally change the nations of the world. So he is getting them ready for something that is going to be so great. In a few days, he will be ascending back to the Father and the whole kingdom of God on the earth will focus on these guys, these 11 plus one more, eventually 12. And so these are critical moments. Now, he realizes and knows, as Simon Peter does, that Simon had denied him in the court of Caiaphas while Jesus was being arrested and taken in He's cursing, and he's betraying Jesus and telling him, telling the group there, some girls, uh, I don't even know him. Now, now, Simon finds himself seated in front of the fire again. And I'm sure, maybe with tears in his eyes, he's thinking about, oh, my God. Goodness. Obviously, he has regrets. 
he's feeling down on himself in all probability. It is out of that context that Jesus turns. Now, remember, Jesus had already appeared to him prior to this, Luke 24, 1 Corinthians 15. But now there's something to happen in his small group. And he says, in verse 15, he says, Simon, hey, Simon, yes, sir. Simon, Simon, do you love me? Jesus uses the word agape, which means this self-sacrificing, lay down your life, that's it. Simon, Simon, do you love me? Simon says, yes, but it's another word. It really is something like, I admire you not a high level of devotion. And here's the amazing thing that happens. He is recommissioning him like he recommissions us to literally be a leader and affect the world. And when he says here, Simon Peter, I want, I want you to feed the lambs Peter, I want you, Simon Peter, I want you to take the, the new believers, the young believers. I want you to feed them, which means I want you to nourish them. Peter, we both know you, you literally wiped out not too long ago. But Peter, I am calling you to be a disciple maker. I'm calling you to be involved not only with the fish guys. I'm, I, I, he was in the back of his mind. I told you back in Luke 5 that I wanted you to be fishers of men that are perishing, that are ravaged by the enemy. I want, I want to use you. And I'm sure he's sitting there stunned. Then Jesus repeats it. And we all hate when people repeat a question. I do that with G Judy all the time. And she says, you asked me that before. But I ask it until I get my answer. <laughs> and sometimes it's not a mind problem. It's an, it's an answer problem. Because <laughs> I do have a problem when people say no. In my mind it says, they said yes. The second time, he goes into it again in verse 16, and he says, do you love me? Simon, do you love me? Same thing. Now you're going to take care of my sheep. Verse 16, you're going to take care of my sheep. And then he goes again. He said, you're going to feed my sheep. And the last time, Jesus now Rather than using the word agape, he kind of comes down on his level because Jesus often doesn't compromise truth, becomes where we are. And even when we're not where we should be, he doesn't literally toss us away. And you may be here, and you kind of have been off track again, and you can feel like, why would Jesus 
say to me, why would he say to me this? And maybe he's after you for you to get in off yourself and start discipling someone else. And maybe that's your way back because you'll do something that's simple like throw that net over and the miracle will happen in your life. Do you love me? Do you love me? I've been thinking about this a lot for the last several months. I kind of have in my book of prayer, my number one prayer has been increase my passion and love for you, Jesus. Let my love soar. Remember he said in verse 15, do you love me more than these? Many believe he's talking about his occupation. The thing you do most has the possibility of causing us to love it more than Jesus. Sometimes, especially mothers, can love their children more than Jesus. We can love our business or ministry more than Jesus. And what if, on this day, Jesus is gathering us up and he's saying to us, I'm going to take you where you are and I'm going to put you more and more in the ministry to be used of God. God wants to use us to actually be a part of the greatest awakening in the history of the Christian church. Where, where we would increase our personal impact on a city. There's almost no one here from Orlando or Florida and if I ask for those that are, were not from here, would you raise your hand? You're not from here, but you kind of came here. Let Put your hand up and, okay. How many have been here in Florida, in Orlando? This is your home. And there's, well, yeah, there's like a dozen. Wow. <laughs> so it means in God's providence, God sent me from Baltimore, Judy from Virginia, and he said, Alex, I'm putting you in Orlando. And I thought it was to make a lot of money. <laughs> and God said, I'm going to put you in the ministry. And I've had to look back and say, that happened. It's the Lord. That happened. It's the Lord. That happened. That's the, that happened. It's the Lord. That happened. It's the Lord. Because he is preparing us for such a time as this, and that this awakening can penetrate a city. Last week, we talked in our team meeting on Monday about how do we literally become a church that is a city on a hill, and I said, we passed out guest cards, and 
And this week, I don't know what happened to me. It's like, and I have a problem because I, I had this plan, and then, like, God interrupts my plan. It's very disturbing. <laughs> and uh, don't laugh. You know what it's like. Like, he wouldn't ask me to do that. Like, I have my plan here. How many are planners? They like to, yeah. Okay, most of the church. Thank you. I, I feel better now. It's consoled me. Saturday morning, I kind of go over all this and rewrite and transition, and, and I'm doing on this, working on this, and something, I tell, I'm getting ready for the gym later, but I, at that moment, put something in the car, and I look out, and there's the lady with the mail. And the Lord says, and I wanted to go back and be spiritual, work on my sermon, I said, no way. I said, go out and talk to that lady. And I go out, her name is Judy, that's not a bad name. <laughs> it's amazing, or it's a spiritual conversation. Not, not a part of any Jesus services like this. Yesterday, uh, at, the, at the gym, and there's Luke, and I've been praying for him for five years, the lifeguard, and, <laughs> and Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I said to him, I said, anybody in your family is from England, anybody praying for you? He said, yeah, I have an aunt praying for me all the time. I said, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm an answer to Annie's prayer. And then we had a letter and had to go down the post office yesterday, and I walk in there, it was kind of an interruption, and Judy said, would you go? And I said, I'd love to. And so I go in, and there's this letter, and I'm getting... Like, I'm in a hurry. I got to get to the gym. And I'm just like this. And the Lord says, talk to this lady, Dolly. And I have this Jesus talk. And I find out, I'm not, a, I'm not aware of this. I'm, and I'm too much on my plan. And God is interrupting us. And he's saying, I want to do more. I, I want you to be a light. And then I think everything other than God and the heavens and the word of God is not eternal. Every person is eternal. And why wouldn't we kind of step out a little bit for the greatest awakening Tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, Judith and I will be at the airport. We're flying out to Korea. I feel like God is sending us on a mission. We'll be back in a week. I feel like it's the Lord. And Dr. Lee in this church and Dr. Cho and these leaders assemble from the word, from the world. And next Sunday, I'll be in one of their churches. They, they have 880,000 people and churches scattered everywhere. And I always come back and I say, Lord, what's, what's the deal in Asia? <laughs> and I get back to the same thing. It's like three things. It's all prayer. Prayer. Community and 
talking about Jesus to people that are in darkness. And I don't, I don't think we need to be told any longer what to do. I don't think it's a lack of clarity of, of what he wants. I think your problem and my problem is, is the heart. When we think, I should, I need to, I don't know. I hate to think I wake up one morning and say, talk on, I have to love Judy today. <laughs> I can't believe this. You know, when you have a heart, you do something. And maybe all of us need a new heart today, a little bit more. Well, we just get his heart. I do know the Bible says in Habakkuk 2, 14, that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. How do you, how do you describe the glory of God, the presence of God? Well, I'll tell you, we carry the presence of God. And when we come into someone's presence, we may not know it, they may not know it, but there, there is the presence of God that dwells in us. The greatest thing when somebody steps on this campus is the presence of God and love. When they know that this is, quote, not a service, this is a Jesus meeting, and we have come to celebrate that he died, he was buried, and he rose again. And every time we gather, we are lifting up the name of Jesus. And what would happen if it is said about us a hundred years from now, there was a group of people that decided to go out into the darkness and cause a city to come to Christ? Could we not believe for one million believers in Orlando and that we can look back and think, this was the Sunday school class we have here today because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think. We were singing that song this morning about the victory and uh, I don't know, I just felt in my heart that we... We have to rise up in the victory today. And the enemy has made sickness what he intended for evil. God will use it for good, a miracle. And I'm, I'm believing as in a minute when we begin just to praise the Lord and bless the Lord, take our stand this morning, that God will come down. He will show up mightily. And he will invade our neighborhoods. He will, inna he will invade every every campus in the city, every college campus. So this city will be famous, not for Disney World, but it will be famous for Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
Come on, let's thank the Lord. Shout to the Lord, shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. It's amazing when all of us begin to realize that we are where we are because of Christ. And we can say, it's the Lord. When I look at this cross every time and I'm reminded of the fact that Christ took our sins on the cross and that we do not get what we deserve, that we have this wonderful gift called grace and he gives it to us. And you may be here in this meeting, you may be watching online and you, you need to open your heart and let him come in and forgive you of your sins. He does not rate sins from one to a hundred. So if you're in the upper quadrant, these will be exempt because the cross couldn't follow those and forgive them. He, he can forgive any sin. And he cannot forget, give sin unless we ask because our, our will is very, very sacred and he honors our will. So if one person says no, he's not gonna force himself. He doesn't make anyone open their hearts. We choose. In a moment, I'm gonna count to three, and if you need to be forgiven, maybe you've known the Lord, but you're just at a point where you're disconnected and you're feeling guilt, condemnation, shame. And you that are watching online, today can be a, a comeback day. It can be a come to Jesus day. And it's about surrendering our lives. We, we surrender a lot of things. But if we surrender our life to Christ and just say, Jesus, take me, we don't try to go out and live a better life. We're not trying. We're giving our lives to Christ and he works through us. So I'm gonna ask everyone here in a moment to lift your hand if you need to be forgiven of your sins and you want us to pray for you, don't hesitate. And I think there are gonna be a lot of couples here today that are gonna come and say yes to Christ. You're not joining this parish, you're coming to Jesus. Do it today, don't wait, and let him take your life and make it brand new with purpose. I'm gonna count the three, one, two, three. Throw up your hand all over the building. Put it up, put it up, put it up. Yes, put it up. I need Jesus, I need Jesus, yes. I need Jesus, I need Jesus. I'm gonna ask all those that lifted your hand to walk the aisle and just stand here. We're gonna have a one minute prayer. No one leave for just a second if you can. When I ask you to come right now, wherever you are, come to Christ. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Come to Jesus.
this. Keep coming. The balcony. Come on. Come on down. Come on down. Do it. That's it over here. people coming to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's a little, little boy here. He's, uh, how old are you? Seven. He's seven. His name is Gabriel. Come to Jesus. God bless you. We're not going to ask the others here their age. But I do know that grace is on tap right here. In our church, we always have grace on tap. No matter how bad we are, Jesus is good. We're going to pray this prayer. And uh, this is the biggest miracle of all time because... I still can't fully comprehend it, how we can be like kind of bad and even immoral. And we come to Jesus and we open our hearts and give him our lives. And we ask him to come in and forgive us. That's only half of it. The other part is we're made righteous. And we're righteous in that standing with God like Jesus is. So in one prayer, an immoral person, a bad person, all of us, when we come to Jesus, he says, you're forgiven. So when you get in your car, all that stuff, you're forgiven. And there are a lot here this morning you didn't, you haven't prayed yet, or you haven't come yet, but we're gonna pray this prayer. I'm gonna ask everyone to pray it. You pray it at home. And then right after this, Pastor Dave is here. We're going to slip to the side, and we're going to give all of you a Bible, and there's some nice people over just for about three or four minutes. And then after this prayer, if you'll just stay for a moment, we're, I'm going to do a blessing this morning. So let's say this prayer, everyone out loud. Jesus, Jesus 
I put my faith in you that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin and I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin and give me your grace, the gift of righteousness and eternal life. You prayed that prayer, you're a miracle. Go with him. God bless you. I'd like you to uh, take the hand of the person next to you. And uh, I'll be meeting for 10 minutes over here in room 116, all of our directors of small group and all small group leaders. So before you pick up your kids, just 10 minutes, wanna share for a minute, but take the hand of the person next to you, it's okay. If you're a guest, relax. <laughs> so. I want you to just, in your heart, just bless the person next to you. Thank you, Jesus. Our Father, on this day, we're presenting ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. Thank you for all you have done in this meeting, the great worship. Our hearts have been moved, the presence of the Lord. And I pray now encouragement as we go and I ask that you would help us to go out in faith and that you would see what's happening in our lives in such a way that you reveal it to us. And I declare over our church family blessing, healing, miracles, the prophetic, signs, wonders, breakthrough, jobs, health, Children coming back. Yes. Bondage is broken. Yes. Demon spirits broken. Yes. We leave this morning yes. confident yes. that our victory is in Jesus. Yes. And we can say thanks be to God yes. that gives us the victory yes. through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let this place erupt with praise and worship in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, things are being broken in the name of Jesus. No one move for a second. No one move for a second in the name of Jesus. No one leave unless it's an emergency. We are declaring a victory that we have never had before. Bondages are being broken. Hit it, it's a victory in the name of Jesus. Coming down, coming down. Bondages are coming down in the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thanks for joining us. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you want to partner with us, you can click the link in the description to give now. And if you enjoyed this podcast, hit the subscribe button to stay in the loop and share it with your friends. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.